Heavenly Father, whether it is a storm like Kelly is going through or the fear and confusion that comes from our current reality of this pandemic. We gather today around our computers and our phones, but in solidarity, we reject fear and embrace your love that, that won't let us go. Sometimes though, Lord, if we're honest, the truth and hope of your love gets buried. It gets buried under the stresses and the strains of this life. Uh, sometimes, God, we are so disillusioned by the circumstances of life that we question whether you're really there or not, whether you really love us or not. So this morning, God, it is my prayer that you would somehow speak through me to bring hope and power for facing this storm of disillusionment. And by the power of your spirit, Lord, would you work through technology in a way to make this message clear and applicable so that we can walk in freedom from the bondage of this storm. It's through Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, I, I neglected to introduce myself earlier. I know some of you are tuning in. Uh, maybe this is your first time really attending Troy United Methodist Church. So welcome. Uh, my name is Andy. Uh, I am privileged to be the senior pastor of Troy United Methodist Church and so glad uh, that you are here. Um, I, I think the events of the last few days helps us to remember uh, how much of a privilege it is to uh, worship together. Uh, I know for myself, I won't be taking that for uh, granted uh, any longer. Uh, I, I've definitely adapted uh, today's message uh, given our current reality, uh, but the final storm of our series that we are concluding today, uh, Strength for the Storms of Life, uh, is, is frankly uh, quite applicable. Uh, it's the storm of disillusionment. The storm of disillusionment is, is much cleverer uh, than the other storms that we have uh, kind of looked at in this series. Um, in fact, I consider disillusionment really to be an amplifier of every other storm that you could face. And, and that really, that makes it uh, all the more dangerous. Uh, what is disillusionment? Well, I'll tell you something that it's not. Uh, disillusionment is not disappointment. Uh, disappointment occurs when your team doesn't win the big game, or, or in our case today, doesn't even get to play the big game. Uh, disappointment is when you're delayed because Interstate 255 is still out, uh, or, or when you can't go on vacation, or, or, or even when you, you, you can't go on our Puerto Rico mission trip because of travel bans or closures. You know, disappointment, it's really nothing to laugh at. But disillusionment is something far deeper. I liken disillusionment to uh, football in the old days. Uh, anybody online, you can uh, give a thumbs up or a love if you uh, are a football fan. Um, you know, weren't the Battle Hawks, weren't they doing really well before their season got canceled? I have to admit, uh, the St. Louis Battle Hawks, that is my favorite St. Louis team. Uh, can I get an amen? Uh, yes, they, uh, anyway, uh, years ago, Years ago, football had a lot fewer rules than it does today. And it, it used to be that, that when a guy carried the ball, the defense could do 
just about anything they wanted to do to bring him down. Uh, nowadays, there are rules against just about everything. Uh, uh, you can hardly touch a guy anymore. Uh, long gone are the days of ferocious big hits. And, and truth be told, it's, it's much better for the players, and I commend that. But, uh, but when you go back um, and, and look at clips from the old days, I'm talking the really old days, like 90, 100 years ago even, like Red Grange era. Uh, sometimes you'll see that when a guy's carrying the ball, he'll, he'll get tackled by a defender, you know, uh, uh, you know choke-holded and thrown to the ground. And, and, then, and then sometimes you would see like another defender jump on top. Like long after the, the, the play was over, then another defender and another defender. And then you get a big old defensive lineman uh, or a Dick Butkus-like person just jump on the pile. And, and another one and another one. And, and it was called piling up. And, and the defense would resort to such tactics in order to literally squash the ball carrier and make him think twice about ever carrying the ball again. They would not only try to crush the guy, they would try to crush his spirit. That's what disillusionment is like. This, this storm doesn't play fair. This storm gangs up on you. This storm gathers a, a, a wealth of bad experiences and, and, and groups them all together to make a point. It, it takes all of those things that have gone wrong in life and then whispers in your ear some conclusions based on that whole mass of experience. It says, you know, you'll never accomplish anything. After a particularly bad breakup, disillusionment raises its voice and reminds you of all the relationships that, that you wanted to have in the past and didn't have or that hadn't worked out and then whispers, hey, here you are alone. Once again, what's the use of even trying? Disillusionment taunts you with reminders from the past. It accuses and it condemns. Uh, someone who is uh, under the, just the, the assault of this storm regularly asks themselves questions like these. Why do I even bother? Do I, do I matter? Or, or even, what's the point? Really? Well, what's the point? The, the truth is, this storm has a life of its own. It has a source. And it's an evil source. It has a goal. And it's an evil goal. And this morning, I want to help equip you with the truth that that will not only help you handle the storm of disillusionment, but by God's grace, help you defeat it. And, and I expect that for some of us, this really could be life-changing. Now, this storm of disillusionment begins at a place that, that I think makes some of us uncomfortable to go. Uh, Kelly went there in her testimony earlier, um, and, and I'm about to go there now. Uh, it's important to understand that from a biblical perspective, uh, there is an unseen cosmic battle going on for your heart and mine. You see, the Bible tells us that Satan is, is a very real being with a very real purpose in this age. 
Uh, Peter uh, writes about this in the New Testament. He wrote, be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour. Even Jesus talks about Satan being a thief and says the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Friends, Satan is real and he is the enemy of your soul. Do you, you hear how Peter described Satan? Your great enemy. Satan is your enemy. And his top priority is to keep God's number one goal from being accomplished. God's number one goal is to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. More personally, God's goal is that you would live as a part of his kingdom. God, God wants your heart. God's goal is that you would have a personal relationship with Jesus by humbly coming to him uh, seeking forgiveness for your own sinfulness made possible by, by what Jesus did on the cross for us and then following him with, with all that you've got living as a part of his kingdom both now and ultimately for all of eternity. That is what God wants for you and that is exactly what your enemy wants to keep you from experiencing and doing. Why? Why? Why is Satan your great enemy? Well, because, this is like a math equation here, because Satan hates God, and because God loves you, Satan hates you. You know, if you're, if you're tuning in today, and, and you might describe yourself as, as someone who's, who's just kind of checking things out from a distance, it's a great opportunity to check things out from a distance in the safety of your own home in front of your own screen with nobody else around you. And, you know, if you're, if you're just checking things out, if you're just kind of, uh, you know, you're, you have questions about this whole Christianity thing and, and whether Jesus is for real and whether uh, you might want to be a part of his church and be his follower, you, you just need to know and understand that from a biblical perspective, we, we really believe that there is a great enemy of your soul. The enemy of your soul wants to keep you out of God's kingdom. And, and even if he can't do that, um, maybe because you've already chosen to follow Jesus, if he can't keep you from that, he will do everything he can to render you powerless by hassling you. You see, if Satan can't keep you from giving your heart to God and following Jesus, then at least he can hassle you and prevent you from truly living life to its fullest. He wants to keep you from the purpose that God has for your life, the purpose and mission for which you were created for as a part of God's kingdom. Satan wants to keep you from, from all uh, that a life with God has to offer. And one of the main ways that he does that is to keep you spinning in this storm of disillusionment. The enemy of your soul really is the source of this storm. And now the goal of this storm of disillusionment is this, and don't miss this, don't miss this. The goal of disillusionment is to distort the conclusions that you draw so that your hope can be defeated. Your great enemy uses this tactic to distort the conclusions that you draw from your various experiences and the circumstances of life to thereby destroy your 
hope. You know, hope really matters. Hope really, really matters. Hope, hope is what keeps your heart inflated when difficult winds are blowing in your face. When, when you face seemingly insurmountable odds. Hope enables you to pray and to trust and to persevere in the midst of the storms. Hope is the wellspring from which love and faithfulness spring up when, when things don't go as you had planned. And those, those really are the most opportune times for disillusionment to rob us of our hope. When things don't go the way that we thought they should. When things get tough. When, when it's not just one disappointment, but like in the olden days of football, when the enemy begins to pile up all of the disappointments from our past and from our present and heap them on so that we draw false conclusions. False conclusions about our own identity and worth. False conclusions about the people around us and, and their motives. False conclusions about life itself. The enemy says, hey, look at everything that's gone wrong. You know, you'll never accomplish anything great in your life. You'll never accomplish anything great for God. Those people over there, they could never understand you. They could never really love you. Look, look at what's happening in the world. There's no hope. Everything's falling apart. You can't trust anyone or anything. There's no point. There, there is no recovery from this. The storm of disillusionment distorts your conclusions and makes events into character statements. For instance, um, a, a date goes bad and disillusionment whispers, you'll, you'll never find anyone. Or when you get passed over for a promotion, disillusionment says, see, they don't see you. You don't really matter to them. Or when your body won't do what it used to be able to do, disillusionment says, you don't have anything left to offer. Or, or when I say something in a message that challenges you or, or makes you somewhat uncomfortable, disillusionment says, see, that church isn't a safe place. Or when someone you love dies, after you've prayed and prayed for God to heal them and yet they still die, disillusionment whispers in your ear, see, I told you, God doesn't really care. God doesn't really love you. God isn't listening to your prayers. Friends, none of these conclusions needs to be drawn. There are other explanations that could easily be derived, but the storm of disillusionment seeks to distort the conclusions to the events that you just went through in order to do what? Remember? Remember the goal? In order to destroy your hope. Because when your hope is threatened, your faith and your love are threatened. Proverbs 18 uh, verse 14 says it this way. It says, the human spirit can endure a sick body. But who can bear it if the spirit is crushed? 
when hope is gone, when hope is depleted, we're crushed. Well, we can't bear it. Without hope, really all is lost. The, the belief that tomorrow could be better. That, that God could actually work in the midst of your difficult circumstances. That, that your marriage could be better than it is right now. That your finances could be better than they are right now. That your romantic life could be more fulfilling. That your walk with God could be stronger. That your ear could be tuned to God's voice and, and begin to hear him clearer. That, that your kids could take a step beyond whatever it is that they're caught up in now. That that, that habit that has held you captive, that it could be defeated that you could really find freedom from the brokenness in your life, that the scars of your past don't have to dominate your future. All of these things God tells us are true, are possible, and yet the winds of disillusionment blow in and say, nope, nope, you're wrong. Not only will things never change, but they're actually gonna get worse. Friends, that's just not the truth of God's word. But here's something that, that, that stinks that I, I need to acknowledge and, and is true. In fact, we'll be talking about it a little bit in, in our series that we're going to be starting next week. Uh, life is oftentimes unjust. It, it is. Life is difficult. Sometimes things don't go the way that we had hoped. Uh, we, we've heard about that a lot in this series. And, and a lot of us feel kind of like that right, right now. Um, all I have to say is that nowhere in the Bible does it say that, that things ought to go our way all the time. In fact, Jesus himself said to expect this life to be hard. Very, very hard. And the truth is that came from a guy who went on to be crucified, which leads me to believe that he maybe understated his point just a little bit. You know, the storm of disillusionment doesn't play fair. And it is one heck of an opponent. So, so how can you approach difficult times in life with God's strength and power to conquer the lies that disillusionment wants to speak into your heart? How can we as a church be faithful followers of Jesus and respond to the disillusioning events of our day? That, that's what I hope to share right now. Uh, and, and this isn't, this isn't, really my advice. This is advice from God's word. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 5, uh, Paul is, is reminding this early church how they have endured, how they have been sustained. And, and he, he reminds them that they've done this, and I want to encourage us to do this. This is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Paul gives us this potentially life-saving direction. He says that we ought to. He was reminding the Corinthians that they have done this, but it's for us, we're being encouraged to do this, to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. To take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Now remember, the goal of this storm is to destroy your hope. And it accomplishes its goal by distorting the conclusions that you draw from life experiences. And Paul is saying, if you can take captive every thought you have, 
especially those thoughts that threaten your hope and your faith. If you can take those captive and let Jesus have the final word of truth on them, if you can let God's word prevail over the damaging thoughts and fears that disillusionment wants to create in your heart, then, then you will be firm and strong no matter what comes. When this storm strikes, speak the truth and strike down that which is false. The word of God can defeat the words of disillusionment. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. So here's how you combat disillusionment. You combat it with the word of God. Um, most of the passages that I'm about to share with you uh, are uh, in your message notes, which there's a, a link on our Facebook page for, and I believe a, a link also um, in the uh, live feed itself. Uh, if not, you can always go to the, uh, to the Facebook page and, and download that PDF. But, but you see, when the, when the lies of the evil ones start to whisper in your ear, you can shut them down with the word of God. When, when the lies of disillusionment and the evil ones start to whisper in your ear, you can smash them with the word of God. How about reading Jeremiah 29, 11 and remembering God still having plans for his broken and, and wayward people when the winds of disillusionment say to your heart, Man, you're just spinning your wheels. You're not going anywhere in life. Your life really doesn't matter. But God says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Or how about when you are wrestling with your own sinfulness and you hear that whisper? You know, you... You're just the same as you ever were. Just because you have Jesus doesn't make you anything special. You couldn't possibly be forgiven for all that junk. But then you say, no, no way. 1 John 1, 9 says, if, if we confess, if we confess our sins to him, then he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from every wrong. Or how about when you're feeling especially forgotten and alone and that your troubles are all your own and that nobody seems to care and you can't imagine even taking that next step. Everything is just so heavy for you and you hear the winds of disillusionment speak all this garbage in your head and then you pull out God's word and you remember the words of Jesus, the tender words of Jesus from Matthew eleven twenty eight that says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Or when you can't seem to beat your sinful patterns and you're struggling with stuff that you have struggled with for years and you're wondering why you're feeling so powerless and defeated and instead of listening to the voice of disillusionment that says there's no power in your life, following Jesus has given you nothing, how about you pull out the truth of Psalm 103? Verse 12 that says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Or how about when you're struggling to believe that God hears or cares about what's going on in your life when, when he feels so big and you just feel so small and you say, I'm just alone. I am alone in this world to carry everything myself. But instead, you read 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 
cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. Or when you feel like you're at the very end and the voices of disillusionment are saying, bail, quit, give up. This isn't going anywhere. You're not loved. What's the point? And then you declare from Lamentations chapter three, verses 21 and 22, yet I still dare to hope as I remember this, the unfailing love of the Lord never ends. But what about when things get tough? Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, the unfailing love of the Lord never ends. When you have truth at your fingertips like that, and it is, it's at your fingertips. It's the word of God. We've had this book for a really long time. Uh, when, when you have the truth of God's word to anchor you, you have strength for when the winds of disillusionment blow in your face. You have at your disposal everything that it takes to defeat disillusionment. And together as a church, we have what it takes to defeat disillusionment. If there was ever a time when, when we needed to collectively battle this storm, it's now. I mean, many of us are fearful about what the future holds. There, there are countless unknowns. Things we've taken for granted have been taken away from us overnight like that. What are we going to do? I encourage us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ by storing up God's word in our hearts that speaks truth whenever the lies of disillusionment make their attack. Here's, here's one final passage to encourage you. And, and in fact, uh, I think that this could easily sum up our entire series strength for the storms of life. It, it comes from Psalm 3 and it's verses 2 and 3. L listen to these words. Just let, let, let them soak into your heart. Just, you might even want to close your eyes where you're at right now, uh, especially in this time of fear and uncertainty. Imagine speaking these words yourself. Just imagine them rolling off your own lips. Many are saying to me, there is no help for you in God. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. God, it is my prayer this morning that those words would be able to roll off our lips as a reflection of, of how we feel deep down in our hearts that when we hear the winds of disillusionment say there is no help in God that we can say but you O Lord are a shield around me my glory and the one who lifts up my head amen Well, let's join together in this final song, proclaiming God's truth, a truth that we can cling to. Uh, you might want to stand where you're at and belt this one out.